The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come to say, used to come to him to say, render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, while it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. So our first reading and our Gospel today are about prayer. Jesus starts off his parable by saying, Excuse me, Luke begins speaking about Jesus' words and giving us the key to understanding why Jesus is giving us the parable. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always, to pray always, without becoming weary. Ultimately, we're called to, and God willing, we get to the point where our lives are just constant prayer and communication with God, and being in the presence of God. Prayer is one of those things that probably comes off as being more either unappealing, uninteresting, or difficult than it actually is. And the reason I say that is because every single person in this church is created for God, with the capacity to communicate with God. And we want to do everything through Him, and with Him, and in Him. And that's joy. To have that is joy. To have a strong interior life, where we are with and in the loving presence, in full confidence with God, that is joy. That's that's what heaven will be like. And so it's a participation in heaven to pray always as Jesus says and prayer always I think doesn't necessarily have to mean we're we're constantly rattling off words or prayers whether it be formal or informal prayers it's being in 
and cultivating the presence of God in our lives. Just like a couple who has been married for decades and decades and decades, and they're at the end of their lives, and we might imagine them sitting on a couch or in their, in their recliners, silence in the room, and they're in the presence of one another. And that's different than them being by themselves, being with the other. There's a kind of loving relational experience there. The the main reason we should pray as much as possible, and that prayer is absolutely and utterly imperative for the soul, just like food is for the body, is because we're told to throughout all the books of the Scripture. We're constantly told over and over again, this is effective. This is what will make you fruitful. We're told in Psalm 1 about the two trees. One of the trees gets dry. It chafes. It withers away. It is not fruitful. The other tree is planted near these streams of water. It it produces fruit in and out of season. It never grows old. It's healthy. This is the person that prays. If we are a person who does not pray, we ourselves, then we're just another noise in an already very, very noisy world. The world is noisy. And it is of this world that Satan would like us to constantly be immersed in a nonstop clamoring of noise so that we're absolutely incapable of hearing the voice of God and connecting with God. The first spot that we generally get really intimidated when we start to kind of move into a prayerful disposition is silence. Silence makes us very uncomfortable in our modern world. We're used to constantly being plugged in in various ways. Technology is at at such a such a point in in 2022 that it's more difficult probably, and I think this is fair, in the Western world right now than it ever has been to get in touch with God. Maybe that's one of the reasons that we are becoming increasingly in the Western world the least religious society of all time, of all history. It's just noise, noise, noise. It's scary. The silence intimidates us because we're not used to it. But what silence does is it it allows for us to enter into what's called solitude. And solitude allows us to enter into communion. But we generally stop at the very first step. And so the intimidating thing, perhaps, about silence is the feeling of our own existential limitation and loneliness. All the problems that we have, all the limitations that we have as human beings tend to pop up right away in the silence. So we want to turn those off. Or maybe our conscience is not clear. Maybe we, we have stuff going on inside and we know that we've defied our conscience and we have not 
explicitly repented before God, sacramentally in the sacrament of confession, maybe we're not feeling too good about our relationship with God. And we're feeling like we're in a bad place with God. And so the the moment of silence, even without thinking about it, we're kind of running away from that and hiding. God does not want us to be afraid of the silence. Silence leads to solitude. And the solitude, the intentional time that we're cultivating for relationship with God, leads to communion with God. And eventually it doesn't become so intimidating. It becomes something that we look forward to. And eventually it turns into what St. Paul and Jesus here in today's Gospel talk about. Being in this place of prayer and praying always. If you ever read about Mother Teresa and some of the biographies about Mother Teresa, you know, these modern saints from the past hundred years are just so interesting because we have documentation that's very good on them. And so Mother Teresa, we even have video documentaries on her. So you can actually see her in action. And this pattern in Mother Teresa's life is, is she, there's quite a few patterns in her life. One of the main patterns in her life is her absolute and utter insistence on not serving the poor just for the sake of serving the poor. Her insistence is on prayer first and then serving the poor. Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, didn't want to be another social worker. She didn't want her sisters to be a bunch of good social workers. There's nothing wrong with that. Both my sisters were social workers. That's great. It's a wonderful profession. That's not what she was getting after. She wanted to actually be the living Jesus Christ to those who were in most need of Jesus, those who were suffering and afflicted the most. And so she and her sisters would pray all the time, constantly, spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. And she would bring Christ. She and her sisters, if you watch them, in these documentaries or you read about them, she would pray for something with absolute confidence and it would, it would happen. She would need some decision to be made. She'd need bombs to stop dropping in war zones. She'd say, okay, sisters, we're going to go to the chapel and we're going to pray. They, they pray all night. The bombs would stop. This is the power of prayer. Moses, in the, in the first reading... Um, is, is symbolizing what we're doing here at Mass. Is he's prefiguring what we're doing here at Mass. It's like a type of uh, typology. So Moses has his staff, right? And he's got it over his head. He's on the top of a hill. The Israelites have just come out of Egypt. They're at war. And they do well in so much as Moses is praying before God with his arms raised up on the top of this hill overlooking the battle. So this should immediately bring to mind what Jesus did for us. This is a prefigurement of Jesus with his arms raised up, praying for the salvation of the world on the cross. The most powerful place of prayer is from Jesus, the sacred heart of Jesus, on the cross. 
And that is precisely the place that we pray from every Mass. This is why the priest, who represents the head, the one, the kind of Moses in this scene, is he, he has his hands up like this. We call this the Orans as priests. This is the crucifixion pose. Because I am speaking for everyone in here, but everyone's, everyone's a baptized Catholic in this church, most likely. Certainly at least baptized. We are speaking because Jesus is in us. We are, we are praying to God the Father during the whole second part of Mass. And we're offering all these petitions. And we're going to this place, back in time, this place of power where God truly listens to his Son. Jesus, we ask you to help us to be men and women of prayer. Teach us not to be intimidated or scared by prayer. Help us to incorporate prayer on a daily basis in our lives, both formally and informally, through formal periods of prayer throughout the day, and block off time for devotions such as the rosary, such as daily mass, such as praying with the scriptures, such as praying with our families, such as praying for people who need prayers. But also, Lord, help us throughout the day, just in a very spontaneous, free way, help us to be in touch with you, to just sense your presence, and and help us to be a healing presence for others, not to just be another noise, noisy voice in the world, another noisy ideology, but just, Lord, help us to bring healing through your presence in us, through the cultivation of our prayer. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us take a few moments in silent prayer to just listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.